0: i'm super excited to be here obviously i'm not pastor tim obviously um, he is a little bit you know better looking than i am but my arms i think are a little bit bigger which is okay we'll take that and um i was just kidding his arms are huge too you should see him i love this series we're actually wrapping up this series today called gratitude and i have loved this series church haven't you loved this series it's been so good and I know I say this a lot, but if you missed any part of this series, do your future, your future self a solid and go back and um, get caught up, especially last week's message was so good, so good. I love what Pastor Tim said. He says, gratitude just hits different. And I was like, oh, it's so true. Gratitude just hits different. And so we're going to continue that series. We're actually going to wrap it up today. And we're going to continue to talk about gratitude. And here's what I know that you know. All of us here at some point have struggled, are struggling, will struggle with gratitude. It's not unique to you. We all have that in common. And because the truth is this, truth is gratitude, a lot of times it doesn't come natural right it's not something that you and i are just like oh let me be grateful for every little thing gratitude is not natural gratitude is not something that just comes naturally to us humans it's something that we have to be really really intentional with and a lot of the reasons for that is you and i we can struggle with gratitude because we think that gratitude is what we think that gratitude is assumed right the reason why like oh he knows how much i appreciate him she knows how much i appreciate her my boss knows how much i'm thankful for my job like a lot of times we think that gratitude is just assumed i don't got to say it because they 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 know how i feel about it and we're going to continue to look into this topic of gratitude today and we're actually going to find this really incredible piece of wisdom from one of the most obscure stories in all of the bible it's one of my favorite favorite stories is from a man's life who was the ultimate runner from God. Like, I mean, all of us have ran from God probably at some point in our lives. This guy did it better, I promise you. And um, and raise raise your hand if you've ever ran away from home. That's a lot of hands. Okay. A lot of disobedient children. Some, you know, some, some of our stories of running away from home, they're funny, right? Like you have a story where you just like, man, you ran and it was funny. Other stories of when you ran away from home may not be as funny. But a lot of us have this weird thing in common where we've all ran away from home. And so we're going to look into one of the most unlikeliest of places. And we find this man named Jonah. And we find Jonah who actually speaks to us. 2000 years later about the topic of gratitude. And it actually comes in the most unlikeliest of times in Jonah's life. And if you're here and you're like, Jonah, the guy who got swallowed by the big fish and three days. Oh, got it. Okay. Before you check out, let me just say a couple of things about Jonah and his life. Jonah was, like I said, a runner from God. Jonah was a prophet. And, and by the way, this is the exact same Jonah we're talking about. So if you remember Jonah from like Veggie Tales or flannel graphs in Sunday school, this is the same guy. And before I, before you kind of just like check out completely, a lot of us grew up being taught that this was like a real thing. Like Jonah really was swallowed by a really, really big fish and he survived three days. And three days later, he got spit out of the fish and did what he was supposed to do the whole time. A lot of us were taught that this was actually a true story. And there's different reasons for that. And, and one of the couple of those reasons, let me just go through with you real fast. So the story of Jonah takes place in the context of history. He was a real person who actually lived a real life. And, and, and this story takes place in a place called Nineveh. Now, Nineveh is actually a real place. It's a real city. And you go through history and history references the city called Nineveh. It was in a greater region called Assyria. You might know that today as modern day Iraq. And so this is a real place that actually really did exist. And not only did it really exist, it actually existed around 750 BC. So this was about 750 years before Jesus comes on the scene. And Jonah was a real person. People referenced, historians referenced Jonah all throughout history. And they even reference this story of the big fish. In fact, one of the most famous people that referenced this story was a man named Jesus. Maybe you've heard of Jesus. He references this man named Jonah. About 750 years later, after this takes place, Jesus comes on and he talks about this man named Jonah. And he talks about this thing that happened where he was actually swallowed by this really, really, really big fish. And maybe if that's not enough for you, I'll be honest, it wasn't enough for me. When I was growing up listening to the story, even like as a kid, I was pretty skeptical. I was like, okay, like (laughs) a big fish swallows a guy three days. Got it. Okay. Got it. But what helped me with this and cause I want to help you with this. Cause I don't want you to write this whole story off just because you can't maybe get your head around this idea of a big fish and a guy three days. So if you're here, let me just give you an out. If at any point in your life, you think that God had anything to do with the creation of human beings. Okay. So if you're here and and if you think at any point God helped human beings along, maybe that was like God created them in seven days, maybe you think it was like seven stages, maybe you think it was like seven billion years, but you're like, you know what, at some point God had to help these things called humans along. Did you know that human beings have somehow figured a way to keep whole communities of people alive underwater in these things called nuclear submarines? And they can, they can actually go months without surfacing. So if human beings, if this thing that God created can somehow figure a way to keep whole heaps of people alive in submarines underwater for months at a time without surfacing, then maybe God himself can figure out how to keep one man alive for three days. That was, that was the jump I had to make in my life because there's this amazing piece of wisdom Jonah drops in the middle of the story. And I would hate for you to miss it because you just kind of, uh, and I don't know if I can subscribe to that, you know? And so if at any, any point you're like, I just can't, this is too much. Let me just tell you, then just go ahead and think of this story of Jonah as like the best movie you've ever seen. Think of this story as like the best book novel you've ever read. It changed your life. We all have those stories, right? Just consider this story. One of those stories because if you don't know, let me kind of set the story up a little bit, and we're going to jump into what we can learn from Jonah, the ultimate runner from God about gratitude. So Jonah is this prophet, and Jonah is sent on a mission by God to a place called Nineveh. Now, Nineveh did not believe in God, and in fact, Nineveh was really, really good at sinning. Like, They were great at it. And so God says, hey, I want you, Jonah, to go warn these people in in Nineveh. Just go ahead and tell them that, um, that their sin is stacking up against them. And if they don't cut it out, I'm gonna come and judge them and their families. And it's not gonna be good. And here's the other thing about Nineveh that Jonah knew that a lot of people don't know. Nineveh was actually a really famous place and what they were famous for they were famous for get this being able to skin the their enemies alive and keep them alive longer than anybody else that's what they were famous for and god says yeah yeah them i want you to go yeah go tell them that the god they don't believe exists is angry at them and that they need to repent and worship me and Jonah like you and probably like me would be like that sounds great i would want to do literally anything else but that thing like i you know i thank god thank you for thinking of me that's really nice i appreciate it but i'm not going to do that and so Jonah does what you and i have done in our life we run the complete opposite direction There's a map on the screen. I want you to check this out in just a second. This, I want, because I want, because when you see this, it just kind of changes things. And so here's this map, right? And this is a map. He's in a place called Joppa, okay? So here's Jonah. He's in a place called Joppa. God says, I want you to go to Nineveh. So you just kind of go up there and, you, you know, just go tell them. And Jonah says, nope, I'm going to go the complete opposite direction. And he actually gets in a boat and heads the complete opposite direction. You could not go further away from Nineveh if you tried. That's the story. That's literally what he did. He decides that he's going to get in a boat. So that's exactly what Jonah does. Jonah gets in a boat and he heads the complete other direction. And then Jonah just takes a nap, he just goes to sleep. And things started getting really bad on the water. Now, this was a Fishing vessel who is used and they're used to and accustomed to storms, but there was something about this storm that actually made them fear for their life. So the whole crew, the captain, the crew goes and they they they're praying on deck. They're like, you know, we're going to have a prayer meeting. Everybody on deck, we're all gonna pray to all of our different gods and hopefully one of them hears and calms this thing down because otherwise we're probably going to die. And they're like, hey, didn't we have this other guy? Let's go pray to his God. So the captain goes below and like taps him on the shoulder and is like, excuse me, wakey, wakey it's time. Hey, buddy, man, hey, there's a bad storm. There's a really good chance we're all going to die. So we're just going to have a little prayer circle. Man, you pray to your God. We're going to pray to our God. And Jonah says, okay, that's great. I'm going to pray to my God. My God, by the way, my God's the one who created the seas. My God's the one who created the land. And they're like, okay, cool. Sounds good. You pray to him. And so they're all praying. And as it turns out, it didn't work. The storm's still going. It's still looking really, really bad. And so then Jonah says, you know what? Like, we, it's us just, it's just cast lots. So they basically start rolling dice to figure out who is like, who's the reason why this storm is here? And of course, you know, Jonah is like, you know, you ever seen that meme of the kid? He's like... I don't know who they're talking to. And, and this is Jonah. He's sitting there. He knows fully well he is the cause of everything that is happening. And he still allows them to cast lots. And wouldn't you know it, it lands on Jonah. So Jonah just kind of comes clean, says, hey, by the way, remember, you remember that God I told you about who created the land and the sea? Yeah, I'm actually, him and I are not good. And I'm probably the reason why this is happening. So you need to go ahead and just throw me overboard. Let's just fix this, take care of it. So Jonah says, hey, listen, just throw me overboard. The captain is like, no, absolutely not. And then the storm doesn't stop, it gets a little rough. He's like, okay, we'll do that. And so, and so they pray, they ask forgiveness of their gods and they're like, we're just gonna do it. So they throw Jonah overboard, okay? And at this point, the seas begin to calm and everything calms down. And I just picture like, them still in the boat. They can see Jonah. You know what I mean? The the storm's calmed, and he's like backstroking and they're like, Hey Jonah. And this is where our story picks up today. I'm so excited about this. So check this out. If you got your uh, YouVersion app, you can follow along with all the notes, it's there. If you brought your Bible, that's awesome. Um, but it, all this scripture is gonna be on the screen. We're reading out of a version today called The Message. It's by a man named Eugene Peterson. He paraphrased into his, this translation called The Message. And it's one of my absolute favorite translations because it puts the Bible in language that pe- <laughs> people like me <laughs> can understand. And so it's helped me tremendously in my life. It helped me fall in love with the word of God in a way that I hadn't before. You know, because you hear like, read your Bible, read your Bible, and it's like, well, I can't understand half of it. And so then I learned that there's different translations, there's different versions of it. You know, the same scripture, but different translations. And so I found different translations. One is the Message, one is the E L T, um, the N L T, the E S V, are some great translations out there that can help you if you're like, I don't really understand it all. But we're gonna pick up today. This is Jonah chapter one verse seventeen. We're gonna start there, and then we're gonna go in chapter two. And I kind of want to read this because this is. So let's just check this out. Uh, Chapter one, verse 17. Then God assigned a huge fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was in the fish's belly three days and nights. Chapter two, verse one. This is at the bottom of the sea. So this is from inside the belly of the fish. Verse one. Then Jonah prayed to his God from the belly of the fish. And in my notes, I put, I bet he did. I would do the same thing. So Jonah prays from the belly of the fish. He prayed in trouble, deep trouble. I prayed to God and he answered me from the belly of the grave. I cried, help. You heard my cry. You threw me into oceans, depths, depths, into a watery grave with ocean waves, ocean breakers crashing over me. I said, I've been thrown away, thrown out, out of your sight. I'll never again lay eyes on your holy temple. Ocean gripped me by the throat. The ancient abyss grabbed me and held tight. My head was all tangled in seaweed at the bottom of the sea where the mountains take root. I was as far down as anybody can go. And the gates were slamming shut behind me forever. Yet you pulled me up from that grave alive. Oh God, my God. When my life was slipping away, I remembered God. And my prayer got through to you. Made it all the way to your holy temple. Those who worship hollow gods, God frauds, walk away from their only true love. But I'm worshiping you, God, calling out in thanksgiving. That's a weird word in this situation. I'm calling out in thanksgiving and I'll do what I promised I'd do. Salvation belongs to God. Verse 10, then God spoke to the fish and it vomited up Jonah on the seashore. Now here's the thing. Most historians, when they talk about the book of Jonah, they're pretty much in agreement that Jonah did not write the book of Jonah. What they believe happened was Jonah finished his entire life telling this story to anybody that would listen. And so Jonah began to recount and tell this story and tell this story and tell this story. I mean, wouldn't you? And somebody eventually wrote it down and it became canon and it found its way into the Bible that you know today and I know today. But this was not, this was not Jonah writing this. This is Jonah's account of what happened. And what I love as I was studying this was there is this Hebrew word that Jonah uses four times in the small little four chapter book called Jonah. There's this little Hebrew word called manah. Now this word manah you may sound familiar. It comes from a other Hebrew term called manna. And as the Israelites, thousand years before this ever happened, were wandering around the desert, God began to provide bread for them called manna. And if you translate that word manna back to the Hebrew term, it actually means provision from God. So here's Jonah way past this story in his life. He's telling people about this story and he references this word manna in a really, really interesting place. And it's actually in reference to the fish that swallowed him. So what he is saying is he's saying, thank God that God provided the fish for me. Now, here's why that's a big deal, because in the moment, I don't think he saw the fish as provision. In the moment, I don't think he saw his current circumstances as the gift from God that they were. It wasn't until Jonah got far past his life, he was able to look back and see the circumstances the exactly the way they actually were in his life. Because here's the truth, in the moment, those circumstances did not feel good to Jonah. It getting swallowed by a fish, getting thrown out into the sea. Now, ba- now, these are all things he caused himself, by the way. But those circumstances did not feel good in the moment. But what he realized was that this fish that was not, this fish may have felt like a prison, but this fish was actually provision. This thing that actually felt bad in the moment was actually a gift from the provider. And God, in his mercy, and his grace said, Jonah, I'm not leaving you out here. Because in the moment, those circumstances did not feel good. Just like in your life, you've got circumstances, you've got things in your life that may not feel good in the moment. But what Jonah realized after he got past it was, you know what? Yeah, that fish did not feel good. However, it was way better compared to the dark, stormy waters I was about to drown in. Had God not provided the fish to swallow me, what felt like a prison was actually God's provision. What was actually from the provider in the moment felt like the worst circumstances he had ever walked through. But it wasn't until he got past it and was able to look back and he called it manah. He called it God provided because he was able to see the circumstances in his life for what they really were. And maybe, just maybe, in your life, you're walking through some circumstances and God is actually not in a hurry to deliver you out of because there are still things that you need to get out of the circumstance you're in. Because God actually knows what you're walking through. God knows what you need. And by the way, the circumstances you're in may not just be for your present moment, but they actually may be able to give you things that you will need in your future seasons. And had we... Just got out when it felt uncomfortable. We would miss out on so many things. And here's the other thing. A lot of what you're going through and a lot of what God has for you in these seasons that seem really, really hard, they're not just for you. They're actually for generations to come after you. Your kids, your grandkids, they get to learn things the easy way based on your life and your experience if you don't get out, if you don't bail out because it feels uncomfortable. Because God allows us to experience things in our life that may not feel good, but they are for our good. What may feel like a prison in your life is actually the provision to get out to what you need. And maybe, just maybe, God is waiting for you to get grateful before you get out. So much of Jonah's life waited because he wanted to to get grateful before he got out. Listen, listen. God's provision in your life may not come wrapped in your preferences. God's provision in your life may not come gift-wrapped with a bow on top exactly the way you think they could or should, or you don't, they don't feel the way you think they should feel, don't smell the way you think they should smell, don't taste the way. Like a lot of times, God's provisions in our life are for our good, but they're not for our good feeling in the moment. They may not feel good, but they are for our good and they're for your good. Jonah is in the middle of this whole thing and he says this really, really interesting sentence right in the middle. Because here's what God knew about Jonah. God knew that the fish was not the worst place for Jonah to be trapped in. But his ungrateful spirit And his negative mindset was the worst place for him to be trapped in. And God is saying the same thing to you today. Whatever you're walking through, whatever storm you're in, whatever fish you're in the belly of right now in your life is not the worst place for you to be trapped in. The worst place for you to be trapped in is your negative mindset. The worst place for you to be trapped in is your ungrateful spirit in my ungrateful spirit. And a lot of times God is waiting for us to learn things until he can deliver us out of it. And we think that God is, oh God, just hurry up, get me out of this. Oh God, I just need you to hurry up and get me out of this thing. God, my boss doesn't like me. God, I'm so sick of being single. Like we just have all these things and God's saying, listen, I'm way more concerned about what I'm delivering you into more than I'm, what I'm delivering you out of. Because here's the truth. If you don't fix that negative mindset, if you don't fix that ungrateful spirit, we will take that into circumstance after circumstance after circumstance after circumstance. It's the reason why you've got a new job, but you still have something to complain about. Maybe it's not your boss. Maybe it's your thinking. Maybe it's your mindset. Maybe it's the fact that you and I become ungrateful because gratitude does not come easy, especially in the hard circumstances of our life. Gratitude, hits different because gratitude changes everything. It changes everything because listen to this, look at this, go back to verse, go back to verse 10, back it up to verse nine. He says, uh, yet you pulled me from that grave alive. Oh God, my God, when I was slipping away, I remembered God and my prayer got through to you, made it all the way to your holy temple. Those who worship hollow gods, God frauds, walk away from their only true love. But I'm worshiping you, God. I'm calling out in thanksgiving. Here's what Jonah did in his life. Jonah realized that I've got to shift my perspective. And once he shifted that perspective in his life, his gratitude changed everything for him. Because what Jonah finally saw as the provision, what Jonah finally saw as the manah, what Jonah finally saw the circumstances for what they really were, that it was bigger than his current preferences. It was bigger than his ability to be comfortable he knew what actually hung in the balance. And he said, God, I am coming into you. And I'm just, I'm singing in grateful hearts with thanksgiving, with gratitude. So Jonah brings gratitude in the occasion. Jonah brings gratitude in the situation. And once he brings gratitude, it changes everything. Look at verse 10. Then God, then God, but I will worship you, God, and I will and I will sing with thanksgiving. I will bring, you know, a grateful heart. I will bring gratitude into this. And then God, verse 10, then God spoke to the fish and it vomited up Jonah on the sea shore. Gratitude hits different because gratitude changes everything. It changes everything. A couple of months ago, in early October, we went to Disney and um, the kids and some dear friends of ours. And had their kids and it was this big old thing. And um, so we went to Disney and love, love, love doing that. And uh, it was the first day we were at the Magic Kingdom and it was an early morning, late night, and we're there, you know, got four kids with us and it's just, they're all like under the age of four. So just a lot of fun. And, um, and so it's after the fireworks. So it's like really close to midnight at this point. We're just kind of hanging out, getting ready to leave. And I'm just exhausted. You have been there? You're like, I need no one to talk to me for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> like just, daddy needs some time. And we're sitting around and my, I'm, I'm exhausted. My feet are killing me. Um, my three year old decided that she didn't want to sit in the stroller all day and um, made that abundantly clear and obvious to everybody. So I got to carry her around a lot of the day. So I was just, I was done. I was like, we can go home. <laughs> we can just go, you know. And as we're ready, as we're walking out, we passed this little souvenir thing in one of the areas of the park. And this lady was painting these like little umbrellas for kids. There's a word for it. I don't know what it's called. It starts with a P, but I'm not going to try to pronounce it and then embarrass myself. So this little umbrella, right? And, it's, and she's painting it. She's hand painting it. And she's, you know, and Lucy's like, "I want that, Daddy, Daddy, I want that, I want that." I'm like, "Okay, let's go." You know, I don't always get to do stuff like this, but I'm like, "Let's go." Yep. So we go, and she picks out the one she wants. I want that pink one, and with all the princesses on it, and so. Of course, like the most expensive one that they have on the sign, it's like $45. So I'm like, oh, done. But what they don't tell you is that they charge like an extra $20 per princess that they paint on it. So this $45 umbrella jumped up very quickly to like $90 for this little umbrella. And I don't always do stuff like this. In fact, most of the time I don't. Um, But I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Now part of me was like a little upset. I'm like, they should have put that on the sign, you know, so, but it's okay. And I'm, you know, I'm already exhausted. I'm at, it's just, so there was one more little cherry on the, on the top of the Sunday, <laughs> And, um, and so they're painting her name on it. And she looks at she goes, daddy, that's my name, my name. And she grabs my leg and she's like, thank you, daddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, daddy. And in that moment, it changed everything. I'm like, you want another one? <laughs> like, you know, like her, her gratitude changed everything for me. And if, if my child's gratitude changes everything for me like that, how much more does our gratitude change the heart of our heavenly father? Grateful in all circumstances. Gratitude just hits different because gratitude changes everything. Gratitude is not silent. Gratitude only exists when it's expressed. It's not assumed, it's not silent. Gratitude only exists when it's expressed. Where are you at today? What storms are you walking through? What belly of a fish are you sitting in waiting? God, it's been 10 years, still single. God has been, my, my boss still hates me. What is that storm for you that needs a perspective shift? Because so often God is waiting for us to get everything out of the season we're in before he takes us to the next season. Because there are lessons. There's things that you need from this season, as hard as it may be. But God knows you will need them for the next season that's coming. And God's like, we can wait all day. I'm not in a hurry. You're gonna need this lesson. What do you need to be grateful for? What storm do you need to bring gratitude into today? With every head bowed right now, every eye closed. Before we close, I just wanna ask you, is that you? If that's you, just keep your hand up because i want to pray over you today. If you're like, Tyler, I got some seasons that I am not very grateful for right now. And I need God to shift this to me. If that's you, just slip your hand up. No one's looking around. I just wanna pray over you. Father God, you see every hand, but more importantly, God, you see every heart here in this room today. If you're watching online, go ahead and just put us in the, put it in the comments. Drop something in the comments. Lord, you know everyone watching online. You know every heart. You know every circumstance. You know every season. You know every storm intimately. None of this is news to you. But God, I pray that you would honor and bless the obedience of your children today, the honesty of your children today. Lord, give them wisdom to get everything out of this season they need to. Give them strength to endure the really, really hard days, to be strong and courageous because you are with them. And God, give them courage to not quit, to not get out of it prematurely. With every head still bowed right now, we we never end a gathering without giving you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus if you've never done that before. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, I wanna give you that opportunity today. Because the truth is, you and I have this thing called sin. And sin is anything that is dishonoring to God. Anytime you've ever lied, cheated, stolen something, not put God first in your life. And those are just like four, there's more than that. But that usually gets most people, including myself. And that sin actually separates us from God when you and I take our last breath on earth. If you've never trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, there will come a day when you take your last breath and do not get it twisted. All of us will take our last breath. And in that moment, all that really matters is what you believed about Jesus. Because scripture says that the punishment for that sin is death. And it's not just death like you know it and I know it. That death is actually referred to as an eternal separation from God. And that would be a really awful place to end the story. But Father God, in his love for you, and by the way, God loves you so much. You have no clue how much God loves you. And because of that love, he made a way for you. And it involved him sending his son, Jesus, who lived 33 years on this earth, was 100% man, 100% God. The only difference is this man, Jesus, never sinned. He lived what scripture says was a perfect life, void of sin. He was the spotless lamb. And because he did not sin, he was able to lay his life down as the atonement for your sin and for my sin. And that seems like a really, really big deal. And don't get me wrong, it is a really big deal, but it's a really simple next step for you and that's just to accept it you don't gotta give any money to the church you don't gotta get up here and say so many our fathers just accepting that gift of eternal life will you do that today if that's you and you've never done that before I wanna lead you in that prayer and You're not praying to me or through me. I literally am just the one with the microphone, (laughs) that's it. But I'm gonna ask all of us to pray it out loud together to support those that are gonna pray that for the very first time today. So if everybody here today, whether you've given your life to Jesus or you're about to do it for the first time, will you say out loud, nice and loud, say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I've messed up and I've made mistakes. And I believe that you, Jesus, gave your life, shed your blood on a cross for my sin. And I believe that three days later, you rose from the dead, just like you said you would do. And I confess, that you, Jesus, are Lord and Savior of my life. Come into my life. Come into my heart and teach me how to live. In Jesus' name. Everybody looking right up here. Everyone looking up here. If you did that online, let us know in the comments. But if you're here in the house, and you just gave your life to Jesus for the very first time, that decision is the best decision you've ever made or will ever make in your entire life. And we would love to give you that opportunity right now to let us know, we just wanna put a gift in your hands. And really, it's just resources to help you on this journey of following Jesus. We're not gonna embarrass you, but we are gonna clap and get really excited to celebrate that decision that you just made. So if that's you, when I count to three, in just a second. I want you to have three seconds of courage and I want you to raise your hand today. So if that's you in just a second, when I count to three, raise your hand. The rest of us, we're gonna go nuts. One, two, three. If that's you, keep your hand up.